and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. Pleased to welcome today a good friend of the industry, Ken Hedgecock. He's National Sales Manager of United Safety and Survivability Corporation. Of course, previous guest and longstanding member of uh, NSTA. So, Ken, always good to speak with you. Thank you, Kurt. Uh, Pleased to be back. And it's always great to be spoken with. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken with or spoken for, right? So, um, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, obviously you've been uh, our guest on the bus stop a a few times. But for for people who may have missed a previous episode, why don't you tell them a little bit about um, USSC and, um, you know, what you guys are up to? Well, um, I'm pleased to work for an excellent company. USSC is the acronym for United Safety and Survivability Corporation, and we are exactly what our name says. Uh, We are a company that specializes and focuses on making sure that uh, the products that we offer keep people safe in whatever industry they serve. Uh, And then the survivability uh, standpoint is really our mission. Uh, We want to play a uh, major factor in making sure that whoever is using our product, whether it be in bus or heavy equipment or mining or whatever industry it happens to be in, uh, obviously goes home every night safe. Uh, So that's uh, our company in the nutshell. We serve lots of industries. We serve, obviously, the yellow school bus industry. We serve the uh, transit bus industry. Uh, we serve mining industry, heavy construction, airport industry. Uh, we serve um, lots of unique, the marine industry, uh, fixed facility um, industry and protecting uh, buildings and rooms. Uh, we do a lot of different safety equipment. So it was just a natural extension of my lifelong um, experience with the yellow school bus to move uh, into a company after I left Thomas that focused on safety. I feel very blessed to uh, be able to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you you talked about so many, you know, areas that um, you all touch upon. But how about you, Ken? Talk, talk about your role with USSC. What's, uh, <laughs> I want to say a normal day, but what's an average day look like for Ken Hedgecock? Well, it, it required some learning for me when I left Thomas because, as uh, you know, um, my dad worked at Thomas for 40 years. Ever since I was two, the yellow school bus had been a major factor in my life. Even when I taught school, uh, driving activity buses to ball games when I coached, uh, when I was an assistant principal, uh, managing 15 students. Uh, bus drivers, and then, of course, leaving and going to Thomas and being in the um, school bus manufacturing business. School bus has always been a significant portion of my life, and that's primarily why I was hired at United Safety, to focus on the pupil transportation industry. But um, they asked me to look uh, uh, after some other industries, and as a result of that, I had to learn some different things. Uh, In the course of a day, I would probably say I spend 60% of my time uh, in on the school bus initiatives. The other 40% of my time, 
I might be talking to customers about fire suppression systems in the mining industry, uh, agricultural industry, airport uh, support industry, waste industry, uh, the uh, uh, steel industry, um, you name it. You know, if, if it's a vehicle that needs to be protected from any type of thermal event, I could be having that conversation. So uh, I, I've always considered myself a lifelong learner. So I'm still learning today. Uh, and I consider that fun uh, and a blessing to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always find that when you, you know, are in, in an area where you have to, um, you know, adjust and like you say, learn some some things that you probably weren't accustomed to. It does keep you fresh and engaged. And it's great to hear that that's, um, you know, your experience with USSC. Now, you know, most folks, you know, know you as an industry veteran. Um, you've, um, you know, kind of been through a number of different iterations, um, specifically with student transportation. Um, you know, what can you say has been, you know, the most prevalent changes that you've seen recently, you know, within student transportation? Well, I think that the probably the greatest change and the greatest challenge to the pupil transportation industry was brought on by the pandemic. And obviously, uh, the key factor is the the lack of drivers to operate school buses. Uh, and then as a result of that, the move to consider alternative forms of transportation to get students to and from school and any school-related activities. You know, I am very, very partial to the yellow school bus uh, because obviously it's played such a major role, not only mm. in my professional career, but in my life as a whole. Um, but I would say that the greatest gain that I've seen has happened since 2020, and that is the rapid increase of using alternative forms of transportation to get children to and from school and any school-related activity. Uh, and that can, that can take the form of lots of different types of vehicles. They can be automobiles, they can be vans, um, they can be personally owned and operated vehicles. They can be uh, owned by corporate entities. Um, lots right. of different ways of approaching that. And I really believe that probably is the most significant change and challenge that is facing pupil transportation today. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, um, you know, quite a topic of conversation, you know, with in the industry, um, I am going to hone in on, you know, how you had started um, that point of discussion, and that was around the driver shortage. As you know, um, NSTA, you know, has provided at least what we think is a solution to, um, you, you know, getting more um, CDL drivers available to the industry, able to be hired, and continuing to utilize the yellow bus is the primary form of student transportation to and from school and extracurricular activities. Um, Ken, you know, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, you know, you know, in terms of those alternate forms of student transportation, what do you see as, 
you know, the, the possible um, negatives around this. I know that, you know, in the environment, and you mentioned COVID, and it was a, a driver of this thought process that we need things to be isolated and we need them to be convenient. But there is also a trade-off if you're going into um, differing types of vehicles to take children to and from school, because that, that school bus has was created and evolved um, with one thing in mind, and that's transporting students safely to school. So what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that's an excellent question, Kurt, and it's obvious that NSTA and you have given this much thought. I think the thing that sets apart yellow school buses is, number one, their uniqueness. Uh, the uniqueness of their specifications, their construction technique, and going hand in hand with that, the operational rules and regulations that revolve around yellow school buses. When you start looking at other forms of transportation, other vehicles, you lose that uniqueness. You lose the, a lot of the safety features and um, benefits that are inherent to a yellow school bus. Uh, and it's just natural that that happens when you take a look at other forms of transportation. You know, there are only two countries in the world that basically have seen the need to protect their children by placing them on a unique vehicle that we know as a yellow school bus. And I think that set apart uh, both Canada and the U.S. from an educational standpoint, an opportunity standpoint. Um, and when you are forced, and I'm not being critical in any way, shape, or form, but when you are forced to look at other forms of transportation because of what happened to us from a driver shortage, uh, from an isolation, as you mentioned, standpoint, unique standpoint, uh, from a need uh, perspective in transportation, you also don't need to lose sight of what made you unique and special, and quite frankly, the safest form of ground transportation in the world, bar none. You can't lose sight of that. So when we start looking at other forms of transportation, we need to look at safety features. We need to make sure that the safety features that we take for granted on school buses are also uh, able to be used on those forms of transportation. Um, just thinking about my company, are you making sure that that vehicle has uh, a child check system on it? Uh, is that vehicle able to be protected from a fire suppression standpoint? Um, yeah, you know, those type things are absolutely critical going forward. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, one area that, you know, on top of you know, the fact that uh, COVID came along and it really had a, a tremendous impact on the industry was now the advent of the electric school bus uh, and its deployment um, in, in, a, in a way and manner that is, um, you know, consistent with what, you know, we're talking about, about the safe delivery of children to and from school. Um, you know, overall, and, you know, as a, a guy who bleeds yellow, what do you think the impact of electrification, you know, will be, and, you know, and I probably should have started that with, um, what do you think it is now and, and where do you think it will go in the future? You know, I'll uh, 
refresh your memory, Kirk, because you were part of this, but I was so honored in 2019 by NSTA and the other associations when I left Thomas with an opportunity to receive an award for my service to the industry. And then you gave me the podium to talk. And uh, that's always risky when anybody gives me the podium. <laughs> and I said then, and I believe it today, that uh, electrification is a natural for the pupil transportation industry. Just, just inherent uh, in, the, in what we do. We were, for the most part, not across the board, everywhere, but the majority of school bus routes are short uh, in duration and mileage. Range is not a huge factor for school buses. You also have built-in time that you could recharge. Um, the application of um, pupil transportation is a natural uh, for um, electrification. And I said at that particular opportunity when I was given the podium that um, I thought that 50% of all new school buses purchased by the year 2030 would be um, electric vehicles. I still believe that opportunity exists, uh, but where we stand today, we are 110% reliant uh, for the most part. And, um, I, I may be exaggerating a little bit, but we're still reliant on grants and on um, government money to help make up that difference. If, we, if the OEMs in some way can find a way to drive down the initial cost of an uh, of an EV, then it's a no-brainer. And it uh, is a natural environmental as well as operational and uh, financial move to consider electrification. Yeah, uh, well said, Ken. Uh, and, you know, I think your last point about the financial implications are, are probably the the one that that is going to drive the mass deployment, uh, you know, of the buses as soon as the technology um, catches up or the finances kept catch up with the technology. I, I should say, um, you know, I think you're spot on with your, you know, assessment of uh, the applicability of the yellow bus and, and this kind of being tailor made to our industry. Um, you know, down down the line, and inclusive or exclusive of electric school buses. Ken, what else do you see, you know, because we're always trying to stay one step ahead, you know, in the industry. Are there other areas that you think are going to be, you know, a primary focus for student transportation next, you know, three to four to five years? I, I do. Um, I believe, and, and I think we all know this, that we need to find some way to include the general public in the pupil transportation safety world. And that I, what I mean by that is primarily, we all know that the most dangerous part of pupil transportation is outside the vehicle. Uh, it's during the loading and unloading process. And so I think that what we're gonna see, and we're already seeing it uh, from all of the presentations from NHTSA and from the federal government at all of the conferences we go to, there is a huge focus on trying to use technology to make the loading and unloading process, the school bus stops safer. So I think we're gonna see a lot of focus on technology. We're gonna see a lot of focus on, I call them um, public service announcements, to try to get the general public 
buy into being a part of that solution. I think we're going to see technologies uh, uh, rolled out very soon that uh, will give the general public an opportunity to be a partner with us along those lines. I think you're going to see more emerging technology come into the industry. Uh, I think it will, um, obviously, the key factor to that is can we afford it? Are there resources there so that we can actually use these technologies on school buses? And does it make financial sense to do so? But I think we're going to see developing technologies. But in the near future, within the next four or five years, I think much of that focus is going to be around the school bus stop. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, um, NSTA, you know, has uh, gone back to the well again with the uh, Jackie Walorski and Illegal School Bus Passings Act, and it's going to be a primary focus of ours. I'm going to put a shameless plug in, Ken, for our bus in that's going to happen next year, probably in March, um, and that'll be a key focal point for us as we go down to D.C. Before I let you run, Ken, we had some very sad news last week. Um, industry stalwart John Elliott Sr. passed away. Um, he was most recently uh, CEO emeritus of National Express. I mean, a really uh, student transportation industry icon. What are your thoughts on um, John Elliott Sr. And, and how do you remember your interactions with him? Well, first of all, I hope I can do this without choking up. You know, one of the things that I think makes pupil transportation unique it's such a blessing to be a part of is that not only do you have the greatest people in the world and, you know, as your customers, particularly when you're a OEM or a vendor, uh, you got, you know, they're just great people. Uh, but it, it goes beyond that. You know, I have been so blessed uh, in, in this industry to have customers that I not only call great partners, uh, and great business associates, but dear friends. And John Elliott Sr. was my dear friend, as well as a great customer of mine for a number of years. Known John for a long, long, don't, I knew John before his NEC days, back when he was with KAL. Uh, and I will say this, and all of the people that I've come across uh, in education for my eight years and in uh, pupil transportation now for 36 years, I have never met a more gracious, a more kind uh, individual than John Elliott Sr. I mean, just a prince of a guy. Um, super um, professional, great at what he did, huge advocate for, the, uh, for pupil transportation, but just always did things right, always treated people right. I got to share this story with you if you, if you don't mind. Uh, back when I was with Thomas, uh, we had uh, sold some activity buses to NEC in the state of Texas, primarily for football use. And guess what? We were late on delivery. Now, if you're late on a school bus in Texas, you might be for okay. But if you are late on an activity bus that's going to be used to transport football teams to football games, it's unforgivable. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So uh, NEC had a number of customers that we uh, that the buses weren't going to be there on time. So uh, John called me and said, Ken, I need your help. 
will you come to Texas with me and we go to our customers and explain what we're going to do as a team to make sure those football teams get transported. So what we did was we uh, rented some coaches for them until our buses got ready. And by the way, those were uh, school activity buses with uh, activity seats that were fully certified for uh, FNVSS 222. Uh, mm-hmm. They were had special paint designs on them. They were really, really nice buses. So we rented some coaches for them. Uh, John and I went to Texas. We went into these schools with our hats in our hands, and John was just magical. Um, the way that he could basically ask for forgiveness and at the same time show his commitment to his customers was exceptional. Uh, I, I watched an absolute um, magician at work with his customers. I'll never forget that. And and he didn't come in and blast Thomas either. He basically said, hey, it's taking us longer than we'd hoped. Thomas is helping us with a solution. They're our partner. We're here together to present our solution to you. It just it, t- it took a negative and turned it into an absolute positive. Yeah, what a great story, Ken, and, and really thank you for sharing it. And, you know, it it's kind of trite to say, he you know, he will be missed. Um, I had the pleasure of interacting with him on several occasions as I've been NSTA uh, executive director. And, you know, I echo, you know, your thoughts on that. Certainly you had a, um, you know, longer experience um, with him than I did, but uh, my reflections are are the same as well. He, you know, he was on an STA the bus stop is one of our um, you know best podcasts. You know, we like to say all of our you know podcasts are are great and our guests are great, but you know there are a few that that really stick out, and he his was one of them. You know, just because of all the things that you reflected upon, um, you know, his knowledge of the industry. Uh, his manner in which he conveyed his thoughts and um, it was really great uh, podcast. So thank you for that, Ken. Um, as let we me, wrap up me, and go ahead, Ken. Yeah, one, let me add one thing, if you don't mind. Uh, if you want to go to, if you could find a picture dictionary and you wanted to look up a picture that would define the word gracious, put John Elliott senior's picture. there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hey, Ken, I'm sure I'll see you at the midwinter meeting in, in Fort Myers. But um, in case any of our listeners want to catch up with you or want to learn more about USSC, where can they go to find that information? Well, you can go to United uh, www.unitedsafetycorporation.com. Uh, that's our website. You can get in touch with me through email at kheadcock at USC, USSCgroup.com. That's my e- uh, email, kheadstock at USSCgroup.com. And my cell phone number is 336-471-6509. And I always like to have a good conversation. And this one's been great, Kurt. Thank <laughs> you for allowing No, appreciate it. Once again, our guest at NSCA, the bus stop, Ken Hedgecock, he's national sales manager, United Safety and Survivability Corporation, great friend of the industry, and I would like to say a good friend of mine. So, Ken, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to join us. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you.